At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Brett Approved and CEO at Outlines Venture Group. I'm here with my friend and colleague, Ann Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group, author of Global Search Engine Marketing, and co-founder of the world's largest consortium of digital marketing companies. Together, we're serial entrepreneurs helping to online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hello, Ann. What's on your mind today? Hi, Jillian. Well, I've been thinking about different dimensions of financial models. Now, I know that sounds like a mouthful and I could barely spit it out, but here we are. Um, oh, and I, I love it. Yeah, Choo-choo. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and be more clear. Um, it's how to paint the best financial portrait of your startup. And I believe you need more than one dimension. It's not a one size fits all situation. So, in fact, it occurred to me that financial modeling is like a Rubik's Cube. You know that puzzle? That you start with uh, a six sides, of colors all jumbled, and then you have to twist and, and turn and sort it all out so each side has its own color, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay, now tell us, why is financially modeling like a Rubik's Cube? Well, there are at least three different ways to look at your startup's financial situation. I got to thinking about this after talking with a founder recently who showed me a spreadsheet of current customers, potential renewals, and sales pipeline with totals for each added together to show what the business could anticipate. Hmm. These were expressed in a way perhaps useful to the founder, 
but I'm really not sure this way of expressing the company's financial situation leads to the best decision making. You think? I think. <laughs> Actually, I'll go out on a limb here and say I know it doesn't because you, you jumble different factors together. It makes it harder to view wins, losses, and most important, holes to fill. Yeah. So talking with this finder founder reminded me of the way I used to do that at Beyond Inc. to project cash flow needs. And, you know, being older and wiser now, I just have to wonder if that is the most useful picture of a business. A clear financial picture of a startup comprises at least three different approaches that should be expressed separately in different sets of books. The point is to have better information on which to base decisions. Okay, I'm loving this. Multiple sets of books. Oh, this sounds rich. But seriously, let's break this down um, because you're absolutely correct. There are multiple ways to look at the financial health and uh, future prospects of a business. And often it depends on who's reading it and what information they require from it. And, you know, you and I talk about this a lot, and we talk about the difference between bookkeepers, accountants, and CFOs. So let's dig in a bit. Let's break this down. Sure. The first set of books you need to keep is kind of obvious. It's cash flow. Cash in, cash out, over time. Very straightforward. This, by the way, is the same info you will report for your tax liability since you do not want to pay taxes on the money you actually, until you actually receive it. You only want to pay taxes on the money you actually receive. That's pretty straightforward. Absolutely. And that's the sort of thing your bookkeeper does or you do. You enter what you got, when you got it, and so on. It's the cash books. Okay. So there's a problem. Cash flow is not the best indicator of the financial health of your startup, at least not in the beginning. Of course, when you achieve that nirvana of free cash flow, this becomes a different measure of success. You know, also called FCF means you have money left over after you pay your expenses and you can use that money to expand or you can share it with your employees and investors. However, until then, most startups struggle with cash flow. Breaking even is huge. Securing a profit even more so. Becoming right. revenue positive is the first step. Right. So you talked about two things. One is breaking even, and the second is revenue positive. And cash flow positive is a term we use that says you have some cash coming in. Somebody has paid you for your service. Right. Revenue positive um, is is quite, uh, you know, how should I say, you have revenue, but you are not profitable profitable or cash flow positive, revenue positive, that's one thing. Those two mean you have money coming in. Profitable means you have excess money in which you can either take it out or invest. Okay, very good. So now that we have those two pieces aside, um, let's tell our listeners why tracking cash flow is not enough. Well, tracking cash flow is only one dimension, or if you will, one color on that Rubik's Cube because... Ah. That's well, why it's a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, Got it. because it, <laughs> okay. it's a puzzle, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Also, it's going to make a great graphic on the blog. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Because what bedevils a startup's cash flow is the pace at which they receive revenue. Many customers take 30 or 60 days to pay, 
Most very large corporations do. It's sort of standard. You know, if your startup manufactures goods for merchants, you will have a large upfront cost before your merchandise is sold and possibly longer for merchants to pay you. So Mm -hmm. your gap between expenses and income easily becomes 90 days. Meanwhile, you have employees to pay, lights to keep on, marketing and sales expenses and what have you. So understanding that, how can you show the real progress of your startup? It may actually be a rosier picture than you see in the simple cash flow and more calming than breathing deeply and mindfully. (laughs) Okay, so data can bring you some peace of mind. So how do you get deeper into the data, I guess, is our next question. But you you do put out something very clear here. Yes. Cash flow says, what did you receive today? It does not say necessarily what's expected to be received and when. And this doesn't give you, if you will, that Gantt chart. What can I pay and at what time can I pay it? So those are the critical pieces that is kind of this missing picture or the next stage of the missing picture. So do go on. Okay, so here is where accrual accounting is your best friend. Not cruel accounting, but accrual accounting. Uh-huh. If you don't know what it is, go look it up. Um, A-C-C-R-U-A-L, for those yes. of you who haven't heard this yet. Okay. In accrual accounting, you recognize income from the date it is booked or contracted to start possibly even when you send out invoices, depending. For example, if you have a six-month contract that starts in March, you show that income starting in March and every month thereafter, even if the payment for it arrives in April or as late as May. This shows your customer growth accurately. Furthermore, it shows the expectation of the work to be done accurately while your cash flow accounting displays the gaps you will need to cover. See, two different dimensions, both relevant to a clear picture of your financial health. So keep two sets of books, cash accounting and accrual, at least. We'll get to some others later. By the way, it's perfectly legal. Yes, indeed it is, actually. (laughs) I'm making jokes about double books, and I love it, multiple books. Um, But truly, it's, how should I say, multiple views of the financial status of your company. Before you go on about, you know, how we do that and all of that, Anne, again, just reviewing exactly what just got said here. The accrual tells you, again, to book the the income by month, whether or not it shows up. It kind of evens out that image of what's going on. We get that the actual cash may arrive at different times. We also understand some may go down as bad debts. I get that too. Nevertheless, it gives you an image of what is going to, uh, how should I say, how much business you're closing, how much that might be increasing over time, and it speaks to the amount of labor you're going to need to deliver that, or goods, or shipping, and other costs, right? Depends on what it is you're delivering. Um, There are kinds of, we talk a lot about different uh, finance models, and one of those is factoring, in which you have closed business, but you require a short-term loan in order to complete the delivery of whatever that business is. That's what factoring was all about in the manufacturing world, and you can look that up too. Uh, But that's where it comes from. 
this vision of what did I just agree to, what will I receive for it, and in the interim gap, what are my requirements in terms of labor, capital, and services? So here's my question. Yeah. As we talk about this, obviously doing an accrual system can make your business look um, stronger and as strong as it is. Do we call that uh, revenue positive or not? Or do the dollars actually have to come in? I don't know the answer to that. That's why I'm tossing it up to you as we close this segment. <laughs> okay, so that's interesting, yes. And and there is this bit about you know what QuickBooks lets you do and don't do, so get into that as well before we uh, close out this segment. Okay, we'll but do. The, okay, but the uh, revenue positive, right, literally says that you have closed business. It does not say that the money has yet arrived in the bank. Yay! Right. Again, yes. it's an accrual thing yeah. and not necessarily a cash flow thing. Revenue positive is like, are you revenue positive? Yes, we have signed this agreement. They have contractually agreed to pay us X. Oh, that's cool. You book it. Yay. And where I'm going with this is you can use that when you're pitching to investors. Yes, we are revenue positive. Absolutely. Uh, using your accrual system. So one last note before we go to the break. Uh QuickBooks and many other accounting platforms require you to choose one or the other, cash or accrual accounting, but not both. Um, use one for your business books, of course, and then do your financial model on spreadsheets, which are much more flexible. Excellent. And with that, we need to take a break and we'll be right back at CEO Coach. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. 
Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking today about getting uh, this clearer picture of your startup's financial health. We've already talked about cash and accrual accounting. We've talked about some of the reasons you want to take a look at both of these issues. And now we'll get into a little bit more complications on this rubric of uh, ANS, which is the Rubik's Cube. So tell us, where are we on that? Can we call it the Rubik's Rubric, maybe? (laughs) Anyway. So here's the thing. Um, you remember my talking about my visit with this founder. Well, on the uh, spreadsheet I was shown, it included projected sales, which yes. I thought was really confusing. Um, your, your business development, your pipeline, that belongs on a third financial model. You can record revenue until you've contracted it, including pipeline sales with actuals that may give you a larger number and make you feel better. But sadly, that's not the real picture, and it really won't help you make smart decisions. Financial projections are best made on actuals, including actual sales. And that does okay. not the money's come in. It just means you sold something. Sales yeah, um, are different. Yes and no. Yeah, hang on. Yes and no on that. There is a process by which we create a list of potential customers in column A, the items or item we're selling them, right, whatever it is we want to sell them, uh, in a dollar value or a, a currency value in column B. And then we talk about what stage this sale is in. Are we just sending them the initial email? Did we see they came to our website and we're going to make a phone call? Yeah, where are we in that pipeline? Top funnel, mid funnel, closing the deal. Okay. And the last item is the percentage of chance that you believe you have to close this deal. Right. So we have company A, and we're going to sell them 100,000 bucks worth of stuff, and we have a 50% chance of actually closing this deal. You kind of book, if you will, the $50,000 in your projections. You do not book it in your uh, financial models for either your cash or your accruals, right? So Anna's quite right there. Don't mess with your uh, financial books that way, but certainly understand that there is a place for that estimating. Right, And it's that idea of what likelihood do we have to close a deal and how much is that deal worth? And that number changes by week. If you do that and add it to what you expect to earn next month, you do have a much more nuanced picture of what your cash flow is going to look like when you get there. Exactamente. The um, idea is to break out your sales projections separately from your cash flow and booked business. Um, and you need to do it over time to allow for varying sales cycles. Again, larger mm-hmm. corporations take longer to make decisions. But if you do this, and particularly in the detail and nuanced way that you just described it, Jillian, then you have a pipeline that will help you see clearly where you stand in your sales efforts and where to put more effort. And it makes, yeah, it does make good sense. Um, I think what you're saying is, you know, your first side of the Rubik's cube is really your cash. What is in the bank now? 
The second one would be, um, what do we know is coming into the bank, even if we don't know exactly how long it will take? We can make estimates about that. And the third side then is, what do we have in the bank? What are we expecting next month that we've already closed? And what are we expecting next month and the months following based on our estimate of our likelihood of success of the sales department itself? So as we come to all of these pieces, then you begin to have, well, three sides now to the cube that you're looking at. All right. Where do we go from there, Anne? Well, now you've got your three separate spreadsheets that you just described. And these together already give you a much better multidimensional picture of how your startup is really doing and what your prospects are for growth and your true financial health so yes make friends with spreadsheets they will guide <laughs> you guide your thinking to better decisions and likely fewer sleepless nights well well maybe maybe <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i know okay, okay so we've got cash flow accrual and your business pipe pipeline good now I want to make a quick side note about um, invoices because sometimes it's easy to sort of let them slide. A very smart man said to me a long, long time ago when I was just a freelance writer, if it has to do with money, I'd make time for that first. <laughs> so <Yeah>. anyway, uh, <laughs> while you're inventing your next big thing, um, make sure that you track your invoices and chase down the past dues. It's unpleasant, but it is extremely necessary. And of course, if yes. you do a SaaS model and you're getting credit card payments, then you're going to get paid a lot faster. And that, that kind of changes the, the nature of our discussion. Maybe we should do a whole show well, about SaaS sometime. Maybe it's called uh, Why Investors Love SaaS Models. Yeah, um, and right. that's because, yes, you have a steady stream. You have their credit cards. You just keep binging them. Uh, yes, the credit card may expire. Yes, it may not be good anymore, whatever. Uh, but in general, it smooths out that cash flow, something you know, just wonderful. So uh, it is one of the reasons people like the subscription model. It keeps things smooth. Nevertheless, um, there are regardless of the kind of model by which you charge, whether you're a consultancy or you have SaaS stuff or you have product going out in massive amounts, say two or three times a year, you do need to understand how that flows over each month. And that's, again, where that accrual thing comes in. If Again, if I'm selling a million bucks uh, in four or five months, I want to book it at a 250K or 200K over four or five months, right? Uh, you want to say how much can I really spend as I even this out over time, right? So it's really about budgeting, about expectations, and about knowing where your growth funds are coming from. I think we've just put another, filled out another side of the Rubik's Cube, and that's the budget. <laughs> the budget that versus is the actual. Okay, we're up to four right. now. That is so, right. I wanted to talk a little bit. You mentioned um, – merchandise and manufacturing and factoring. And that's not just old time. Um, I wanted to talk about a woman I met here in Philadelphia whose startup makes attractive lingerie for breast cancer survivors. And her big break came when her bras were accepted into a major specialty store chain nationwide. But 
How was she to pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars required to produce the goods when she wouldn't see the revenue from them for as long as four to six months? So she did the smart thing, took a loan based on the order from the merchant chain. And you know what? That kept her cap table clean, too. Right. So this is exactly what I was talking about. Factory is not something that's dead. It's used in manufacturing. And she was manufacturing her product, soft goods, and had to deliver it. In order to tend to a short-term loan, she factored it. It means based on the collateral of the signed agreement, she was able to raise capital from a lender, not an, an equity investor, a lender who gave her probably a fairly good interest rate, but it's a short-term loan. And it was worth it because she was able to fulfill the order. That's exactly what it's used for and exactly what we would counsel uh, early or later stage companies to do. You don't raise equity for short-term needs. So it's, uh, I think that really is a good point to underscore. You don't raise equity for short-term capital needs. And I've had that mm -hmm. discussion with a couple of founders here who found themselves on the short end of, the, you know, of their runway. So, right. Well, hang on one second. As it does bear saying, um, and I know it's a, a whole other show again, but we say it so often, equity is only one way to capitalize a company. So think of it as your capitalization stack. When you have short-term needs, you say, what can I sell today to finance what I require tomorrow? And uh, usually that's things around services, consulting, et cetera. Get off your high horse, get it done. Yes, it is diverting you from the core business, but you must do what it takes to survive. Um, so we, you know, I encourage people to really get dirty and think about it. You know, what can I do today? And, you know, that's kind of that part-time job to get where you need to go. All right. So now I've gotten off my horse. <laughs> All righty. So um, we actually have to take another break. Um, but just before we do, I want to tie a little bow on the uh, pipeline express, express uh, sheet is the um, by expressing your pipeline in detail beyond your total anticipated revenue, you'll be able to see the holes you need to fill and determine the steps to get there, either by finding short-term cash or reducing expenses. So your sales projections become an important calendar. How long is it going to take you to close a customer? How long will they take to pay? How do you keep you, how do you build a pipeline to keep your startup growing and your cash flow well? Flowing. <laughs> so well in, the, in our next se segment, um, I want to talk about what you show potential investors. So we're going to take a break now for our sponsors, and then we'll come back with talking about creating a multi-dimensional financial picture at your startup. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate 
certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Ann and I are talking about financial modeling today around understanding your financial records. That would be what cash is coming in, what are you accruing, what's expected, uh, what do you have in your sales pipeline, and how do you measure your likelihood of taking in that capital and when. And now, Ann, you've got one more piece to throw in this pot. We already have four sides to our Rubik's Cube. You betcha, because... There's six on a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah the first one was, was the budget, remember? Your budget and uh-huh. actuals, yeah. tracking, a very okay. important exercise. So, um, so all that said, which of these sides of your Rubik's Cube do you show potential investors? Well, I'm going to go with the accrual plus the projection as a good start. I mean, there's more. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, But first, I want to say that for your advisory board and your board of directors, you show all your spreadsheets, just as you do for management as you grow, because they all need to see all the obstacles and they all need to see the successes. So um, for that, those people that you depend on to guide you as you make decisions, show them all four. Now, right, and please, while we're at it, I know again it's a whole nother show. While you're at it, do not just give them the documents with all the numbers and the little columns and lines. Please create charts around it so that month over month it makes sense not only to you, but to those people who sit on your boards of advisors and directors. They can take in that information quickly and easily and understand which way things are flowing. Absolutely. Okay, okay. so potential investors need one more dimension. I'm seeing this a lot these days, the the lack of what I'm about to tell you. This is where your now fifth set of financials comes in. 
they will want to see how they are going to receive returns on their investments. It seems like a no-brainer, but I have seen so many pitches where this connection is not made. When you're pitching to me as an investor, I and you, Jillian, we have fiduciary responsibility to our investors. And so we need to see that connection. Don't make me think. Don't make me intuit it. Tell me. If you if it costs you ten cents to make a dollar, will that ten cents decrease as you grow? I.e., are you going to scale? Um, will you can you translate your growth and profit into your investors' return on investment? That's an important component of this. And yes, a lot of it is forecasting, and we know that forecasting is what it is, and it will change. But it still needs to be done. You need to bring home to your investors, show your profit, show how it scales, and show the investor return on investment. Yes. That's a lot of investing in there. (laughs) I often say that as a fund, right, people hand us a box of money, Anne, and they say to us, how large will it be and how quickly will I get it back? Those are the two elements, size and time. Right, so, or volume of capital and time. And we must do exactly the same. We must say to a company, here is a box of money. How quickly will I get it back? How large will it be? In other words, I want to know, are my investors going to see, is the fund going to see a 3x exit out of this, a 5x, a 10x, a 100 or a 1,000x? You know, are you going to be the unicorn? Anything in between is an okay answer, depending on which investor you're looking at. Right? Angels are happy usually with a 3 or 5x exit but they want very short returns and sadly they're going to get very long time returns yeah. because it's it, you know the average is 10 to 14 years these days so again looking at these two elements this is what you want to bring home to the correct investor at the correct time you are likely to receive a return of this in this many years and i can tell you why and then make that a believable story Focus on that story for yourself as well. Remember, when you take even $1 of equity investment, you have agreed to sell your company or go public. Highly unlikely for the latter compared to the former. So you're really agreeing to sell your company. And if you do so, who's going to buy it? When are they going to buy it? What will you have achieved so that they buy it for a certain sum of money? What does that sum of money look like to you today? What do you think it will be? And that will tell the investor how much money they're likely to make. If you can't think of those things in your projections, then you're not set for equity investment. You might want to consider another way to have your company capitalized. But for this conversation, that's what we're looking at. So, Anne, before we sign off today, tell me about some hot tips. Okay. Here are our hot tips for financial modeling in your startup. Number one, maintain multiple financial views of your business in order to understand where you are, where you're heading, what you need to do to stay afloat, to grow, and to thrive. Makes good sense to me, and we've given them six sides of a Rubik's Cube to really think about that. Okay. That's that's right. All right. Now, the second one I would say would be bring your financials to your pitch meetings, right? We just talked about that seconds ago. Investors want to know that you understand those nuanced views of your company's financial health as much as they want to see what that financial health looks like. They really want to know, is this the team that can take me to the finish line? 
because uh, even if it isn't, they can replace you, but you don't want them thinking about that. You want to prove, I understand my business, I understand my financials, I understand where I'm taking the company, and therefore you, Mr. or Mrs. Investor, and I can prove it to you well because I keep my hands on the finances and I know what they mean. Okay, what's the last one, Anne? We got this. This is our hack tip. Excellent. Include your sales pipeline with reasonable percentages of the likelihood of closing each deal and keep it up to date all along the sales cycle. This helps your sales staff stay abreast of the most likely deals to close and it keeps you well informed. Ha, brilliant. So that's it for this episode of CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash CEO dash coach. You can also find us at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast. Stop by, hit the like button so we know you are out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with my friend Ann Kennedy. You can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next time. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.